Jazzcast Pros. Hello and welcome back to High Vibe Table Talks. This is your host, Mershawn Hargrave. I am a little congested today, so I apologize for that sound, but I am excited to get into this episode. Actually, part of the story I'm going to share today is about manifesting our current house. And I had been thinking about starting a podcast a little bit before Jazzy kind of roped me in. And so I did some like playing around with recording episodes. And the story about our house was one of the first episodes I ever recorded, but I haven't shared it on this podcast yet. And so I'm excited to share more about it here today. So in this episode, we're going to talk about vision boards. So the first part we're going to be talking about is how I build my vision board. And I do think I do things a little bit differently than others when I create mine. And then the second half of this episode is going to be the story of how we manifested this house. And it might seem a little woo-woo talking about vision board and manifestation, but I love it. And I think that if at the end of the day, if anything, if it puts you in the headspace of like positivity and growth and excitement, then that's a good thing. It's so much better to operate from a place of, in my opinion, high vibes, good vibes, that sort of mindset than the opposite. So let's get into this episode. If you're a woman contemplating your next move, you found the perfect podcast to empower your self-growth journey. Welcome to High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, remove mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your high vibe desires. So my vision board, I love my vision board. I have created a bunch. I have also hosted a couple of vision board parties, vision board presentations. And so I really enjoy them. I think that this time of the year is a great time to set your intention. Well, the first thing you have to do is get all of your stuff ready. I like to think about it a little bit ahead of time because as you're looking through magazines or maybe you're on Pinterest, like I have a Pinterest board of things that I like to pin that I know I want to put on my vision board. And my vision board is relatively big. It's a cork board. I like to have the cork board because I like to adjust it. But you can use glue, you can use tape, you can use poster. You can literally go to the dollar store and get like a big poster board, get a couple of magazines from there. It doesn't have to be this very expensive or intricate thing. It's just something to kind of set your intention and your ideas for the year. And so once you have all of your stuff, like I, like I said, I have a cork board, so I like to get the pins. Um, you can put tape. I like to print out actual pictures, print out things from Pinterest. You can also do this digitally. You can go into Canva and create a vision board in Canva. And so where I like to start is with my word for the year. In this episode and my next solo episode in two weeks, I'm going to be talking and pulling stuff from this really cool workbook called The Year Compass. And I'll put the link in the show notes below, but it's a really great and free downloadable tool. I printed mine out to both reflect on the past year and set goals and intentions for the following year. I liked to work through that workbook as I'm thinking about what I want to do next year. But one of the things that it talks about in that workbook is what is your word for the year? I am stuck between two words currently. I would love your feedback, partially because I think that they ignite two different things, but they are intersected at some point. So I'm trying to figure out, should I pick a word that contains both of those? Should I use two words for the year? 
That's where I currently am. But my two words for the year for 2024 are shine and grounded. And why I'm struggling with both of those because I think like shining is like big and bright and like the sun, whereas like I want to feel super grounded and connected to the earth as well. So those are my two words. And so that's where I, that's what I kind of use at the center of my vision board as I put print out or I write my word for the year and that's smack dab in the middle of my vision board. So that's where I start. The one thing that I think I do a little bit differently than a lot of vision boards that I have seen is I use it as a vision board slash gratitude board. I always like to have pictures of my family, my friends, events that I've done, things that have happened in my life because as I look at it, I like to be in a place of gratitude. Like, yes, I'm excited to grow and do more, but I'm super grounded in feeling so grateful for the things that are in my life and that I have done. So I like, you know, when I print out pictures of like family trips that we have taken or being surrounded by my friends, part of what that does is it is a driving force of why I keep doing what I'm doing so I can do more of that. Like I would love to take um, the family on a big vacation. And so the hustle, the grind, some of the hard, monotonous, tedious parts, the stuff in business that you don't really want to do, having that, that there on my vision board as a motivator, for me, I really like that part. So I always print out pictures, yes, of what... I want to go after, but I also really like to print out pictures of things that I am grateful for. The next kind of step is breaking out my vision board into different parts. So so I am a whole human being that's broken out into a lot of different hats and roles that I have. And so thinking through the different roles that I have and what I want to work on for the following year. So like I have business goals. I have family goals. I have things I want to do with my friends. I have lifestyle goals. I have, you know, morning routine goals and activity goals. And so I like to separate them and have different pictures and imagery for each part of me and of my goals. And so in thinking through that, I kind of separate the images and the the words and the things that I have printed out into those different pieces of me. And so once that's kind of divided, then I get into the next step, which is putting the big stuff on first. I like it to be layered, but I will say that I put down the big stuff. I don't tape or glue anything until I get through the third step that I'll talk about. So this is, I know I've talked about some like pre-work, but this is step one in putting down the big stuff first. But I don't put anything that can't be taken off. So again, that's why partially why I like to use push pins is because those can easily be moved around. But if you are taping or gluing, I would not do that until you kind of see it as a whole. So the first thing I do again is like put down the big pictures, the ones that take the ones that take up the most amount of room. 
And again, I like to kind of break it out into different sections. Once I have the big stuff down, then I start to put the smaller images. And it's nice because when you put the big stuff down first, then you can fill in some of the blank spaces, whether it's on the actual image. So if you have like a, a big image of like Italy, uh, maybe there's a little space in the top where it's kind of like dead space. And so then you can put a picture of like a book that you want to read or like someone flying first class because maybe you want to fly first class to Italy. And you can kind of put that in the dead space there or the dead space of your poster board. Again, this is step two. So it's some of the smaller images is step two. Again, not putting anything down permanently, like no tape, glue, anything like that quite yet. And then for me, step three, this is when I put down like quotes or the words, anything that's like a lot smaller. I do sometimes I do post-its on mine. And so this is kind of like, you know, taking a step back and just kind of fitting in those smaller things. And again, I like to do it all in like themes, like for this next year, I want to focus on like my morning routine and feeling very grounded in my morning routine. And so this would have things like books that I want to read and the word grounded and um, someone meditating and also like gentle. I want to be gentle in my morning routine. But I think that part of why I'm struggling with those two words is because I think I shine as my best self when I am grounded. So that's kind of where those two words come into friction, but those would be kind of a theme and you can layer them on top of each other as they overlap. You know, part of why I want to shine is because I want to be the best mom, wife, friend that I can. So those will kind of be a theme through all of them. So once you have the big stuff, the smaller stuff, the quotes and words down, take a step back. How does it feel? Do things need to be rearranged, moved around? And once you're like happy with it, that's when you start gluing things down. So that's when you start putting things in more of a permanent place. Again, I like to layer both things I want to achieve and things that I'm super grateful for. So it just puts me, you know, when I'm in my best self morning routine, you know, I have my vision board somewhere where I see it on a frequent basis. I think I might move it right now to like next to my desk, kind of there's a bookshelf there. I might put it there for this year and just see if I can attract more of those things over 2024, having it in a place that I do see it often. It's really cool like revisiting it the following year. I, As I mentioned in the beginning, I was using the year compass and I found my year compass that I did last year. So it's really cool with things like that to reflect back on when you're doing it the next year. So I'm excited to kind of take everything off that was on it in 2023 and replace it with new things for 2024. Some of the things I keep because I like manifested them. Like um, I'm going to get into the story of our house, but actually the kitchen that was on my vision board is very close to the kitchen that is in our current house. And so things like that I like to keep because I'm like, I manifested this shit. Like, that's really cool. Other ones I have outgrown and I'm like, that's not really my vibe anymore or this year or, you know, I have pivoted, things like that. You know, in 2023, I really thought I was going to grow this online community using this platform called Whitey Networks. And I 
I had it for a year and I didn't enjoy showing up to it. Like I love my community calls. I love this podcast. I love interacting with you, this community, but the way I was doing it on that platform was not enjoyable to me. So I dropped that. And so I've just, I've pivoted and that's part of growth is finding out who you don't want to be as you're finding out who you do want to be and who you authentically are. So that is how I create my vision board, my goal setting, my big audacious dreaming parts of it. It's really fun to do with friends or family or in a big group because I think there's just a really cool energy about all being in that like big mindset together. And the second part of this episode that I wanted to share was about us manifesting this house. My husband doesn't necessarily believe in manifesting. So when I say us, I say that because we are in this house, but it was just a really, really interesting journey. And you know, that manifestation is a little, you know, woo woo for him and he doesn't get it. He's like, you do you, but that's not me. So this house, when my husband and I were dating, he actually lived in the house that he grew up in. And so I moved into that house. We got engaged. We got married. We brought home Rowan in that house and it was amazing and it was exactly what we needed. But we knew that we wanted something different. So many years ago, I think it was like 2017 or 2018, when I said, okay, I know we want to be in a different house. What are some small things that I can do right now to take small steps towards that goal. And so the first step that I did was work on my credit score. It was going to be a big impact on the house that we would get pre-approved for. And my credit score was not great. It was something that I tended not to pay attention to. I was of the mindset of like, I'm just going to ignore money and it's just going to like magically make itself work, which obviously it did not. You know, one of the things that I wrote when I read Jen Sincero's book, You Are a Badass at Making Money, she talks about writing a letter to money and I did that and it was a really impactful exercise around how I feel about money and I tended to ignore it. Like, of course, it's not going to show up for you if you're just ignoring it. It's not going to like that's the worst thing you can do is just like ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist because it's an integral part of our day-to-day, our society. Sorry for the tangent. I said, okay, I'm going to work on my credit score and I'm not going to improve it overnight. But within the next like year, I got it up quite a bit. I got it up like 150 points maybe over the next year. Again, it's like all about these like small baby steps. And so first was educating myself is like what impacts a credit score. I hadn't had a credit card up to that point because I just never really needed one. But I opened a credit card and, you know, would buy like gas with it. And just having that credit really impacted that score. Um, Paying down any, any sort of debt that I had, things like that. So I educated myself and then started making small moves to improve it. The next thing was working on little projects around the house. You know, what like over again, the course of a year, once or twice a month doing a project, think about how much you can get done with the end goal being we want to sell this house so that when we did find the home we wanted to move into, it wasn't this like frantic, oh my gosh, we have so much to do to the house in the next 
three weeks, how are we going to get it done to show it? So we did that. Again, on the vision board, I started to think about what I wanted in our next home and really make that a top priority. So all of this is happening and my husband and I are starting to talk about what we wanted and our end goal really was to be in our new home before our daughter started kindergarten. We didn't want to have to have her move schools. Then we had a feeling that wherever we moved to wouldn't be in the same elementary school. We're still in the same school district, but different elementary school. And I had this really interesting thing happen where I have traveled to Europe a couple of times, once alone, and then with my high school girlfriends. So my husband doesn't really have much of an interest in going to Europe. I do. So that's, I find other people to travel there with. So my friends that I was going with uh, sent a group text like, hey, there are these really cheap flights from New York City to Paris. I really want to go if anyone else wants to join it's an open invitation. And it was like $400 for a flight from New York City to Paris. It was like $400 for a flight. Like, how can you say no to that? So I got really excited. I'm like, we're going to do this. And then I stepped back and I asked my one friend, I'm like, how much do you think, like, how much are you budgeting to spend on this? I think it was a week trip. And she was like, probably around like between four and $5,000. That's kind of like the budget I'm putting aside. And I was like, okay, so it's, it's bigger than a $400 plane ticket. And so I sat back and was like, we've been working, you know, I at that point was in a sales position, all of my commission that I would get in was going into my savings for a down payment. Again, we didn't have a house in mind. It was just like, all of the pre work that we were doing. And I sat back and I said, you know, I can afford to go to Paris at this moment. I can't afford to go to Paris and put a down payment on a house. And would I be okay if I said yes to Paris and then we lost out on this house because I spent that money? And that was such a ringing no. Like it was such an obvious no. Like if we lost out on a house because I chose this Paris trip over it, I would be devastated. And I knew that. And so it was the easiest no. And my friends went and they had an amazing time and I'm so happy for them. But I knew in that moment that I had to say no. And looking back on it now, it felt like the universe was saying, hey, I'm going to put this in front of you. Like, how serious are you about this? And so I said no, and then things fell into place. Like that was, they went February of 2020, and we moved into this house in December of 2020. So if anyone bought a house in 2020, they knew, you know, like it's gotten even crazier now, but like with COVID rules, you could only be in the house for like 15 minutes. It was at the point where a house would go on the market on Thursday. So you had 72 hours to go look at it. And you had to have an offer to them where they were going to look at them by noon on Sunday. And we looked at so many houses. I remember when we started, I was like, how could people buy a house and not get an inspection? Like that just would make me so nervous. And (laughs) an inspection like wasn't even on the table when we put an offer in this house because it immediately would have been a no. Like when we sold our house, any offer that came in that said inspection, we were like, nope, nope. Like it just... It's a wrinkle in the process that didn't need to be there because houses were of such high demand. So we probably looked at, I don't know, 
we looked at at least like 20 houses every day we were on like the realtor, like we were texting our real estate agent, like all the time. And again, it was like, as soon as a house was there, you went, you looked at it, you put an offer over asking and waited to hear. And we got a lot of no's. And there were so many houses that I fell in love with. I really did. And it's such a weird process to find a space that you want to to build a life in and picture your family there and picture your whole life there and be okay with the fact that the chances are that you aren't going to get it. Like that's a really weird process. And when you're in it, you're like, can I just like, can we just like be at the end? So we looked at at least 20 houses. I think I want to say we put in like 12 or 13 offers to different houses. Like it was crazy. And, you know, every Sunday we would get the text or the phone call of like, yeah, nope, you didn't get it. On to the next one. Then we saw this house. We pull up the driveway and it's, you know, set back. And, you know, I didn't even realize from the pictures there was a greenhouse. We just were walking around it and it's so serene. And like, you may have heard me say this before, but like my favorite place on this property is sitting on the back deck during the spring, summer, fall. During the spring, summer and fall, like if I can stand the temperature outside, I'm having coffee in the morning and or wine at night on that back porch. And it's just like my favorite place. We entertain a lot back there. Anyways, it just was like so beautiful. Unlike any other, it had a a pre-built garden. You know, I was going from a little three foot by three foot garden to a 20 foot by 40 foot garden with so much additional space. Um, When we were originally looking, I didn't think we wanted to be on land. I can't imagine not being on land now. We're on um, some acres. So it was like everything we wanted and then some, like I said earlier, like the kitchen was this beautiful kitchen that opened into the living room and I saw us entertaining and having football Sundays and like all the things in this kitchen, dining room, living room, backyard space. So we left. It was a Friday afternoon and I called my dad and I was like, dad, I'm so sad. He's like, why? I'm like, we just saw our dream home and we're not going to get it. It was like right at the top of our budget, just like everybody, you know, says, and he, you know, says the very dad thing that you say, and he's like, your your house is out there, you know, when it's meant to be, it'll be. And I was so annoyed by that because I was like, but I want this, you know, I'm, I am impatient. We'd already looked at so many homes and it just felt like, oh my God. So I woke up the next morning and in Jensen Cheryl's book, she talks about how she found this place near the beach and she really wanted to rent it. And so she found the realtor and she made him a sandwich and brought him like lunch and just like talked about how much she would love to live there. And I found the realtor and I I woke up the next morning and I was still really sad because I felt like we weren't going to get it. And I was like, what would Jen Sincero do? I literally thought that in my head. And so I wrote the realtor an email and talked about how I love gardening. And I picture my daughter coming home after school and having a snack at the counter and just how much like we love that space and just how the kitchen was pretty much off of my vision board. And he emailed me back was like, you know, I can't share this with the owners, but like 
see if there's anything your realtor can do to like make your offer as good as it possibly can be. Fast forward the next day and, you know, we're waiting for the you didn't get it text, the you didn't get it email. And then like my credit gets checked again. And then like, I'm not hearing back from the realtor and I'm like, what is going on? But I'm just like not getting my hopes up. About an hour and a half later, the our realtor um, showed up at our doorstep with a bottle of wine for me and a bottle of check for my husband. It was like, you got it. And it was just like this really beautiful moment. And so I actually love taking walks at our property and just looking back and being like, anytime I'm really like struggling, being like, this is the power of manifestation. This right here, like keep going, take the small steps, do the hard things, embrace the rejections, understand the no's are just that much closer to your yes. Um, and this house being our yes. Maybe this episode is a little bit just for me because I do really love this story about our house and us finding this house and wanted to share it here. And I thought talking about vision boards was a great tangent to how we came to our house. So let me know what you think about your vision board. Are you creating one? Send me a message on Instagram. If you do, I would love to hear. And if you have any manifestation stories, I love hearing those too. So please share those with me over on Instagram. But until next time, thank you for listening to this episode. And remember, big dreams and small steps will transform your life.